0: Hey team, you join us for another week of the Valesco Fitness Collective podcast. So we are going to be talking uh, competing this week. There's a couple of good reasons why. We'll get onto a couple of them shortly, but we figured we would touch on how to approach competition if you are new to it, why people compete, what to expect from competitions, both online and in person, and probably go off down an array of different rabbit holes at the same time. We are joined by another one of our coaches this week, Emma, who has um, somewhat of a rich competition history compared to me and Ellie. So we figured that would be a super useful um, view to be able to share with you guys. Uh, I'm also joined again by Ellie. Hi.
1: Hi.
0: We're going to, as we do with guests, going to put Emma under the spotlight this week with our warm-up questions. And I can't read Ellie's writing, so Ellie's going to be the one asking most of the questions. When you're ready.
1: Okay, so uh, question number one: your favourite movement. Oh, burpee. Nice. Random. Yeah. Um, if you could bin one movement, never do it
2: again: deadlift.
1: Really? I'm with you on that.
2: Absolutely. It's the worst. It's so heavy.
0: I'm in in (laughs) such awful company.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tea or coffee? Both. <laughs> <laughs> In the same cup. Um, chocolate or ice cream? You can't say both. Chocolate. Competing highlights of your
2: career. Are we talking from an entertainment perspective? Or? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll come on to that. <laughs> <as> your actual <laughs> highlight. Um, There's probably been a couple, actually, for different reasons. But um, I won the Battle of Britain um, a few years ago, maybe three years ago. And, yeah, I was so chuffed to come away with, like, a weight vest and all those <laughs> years of graft, and I, I'm so happy to have come out with a weight vest as a prize. And um, so that was probably a highlight, followed by probably my first major competition. Um, that was a few years ago, maybe six years ago, the Battle of London,
3: uh, oh, where
2: I qualified in 98th place out of 100. <laughs> and survived it and finished higher up the table. But I think that was probably one of my highlights because I was absolutely terrified. I'm thinking, what am I doing here? There was like Sarah Sigmund's daughter there and Kristin Hulte, and I'm like, what am I doing here?
0: Nice. Seating rich competition history.
2: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, your training shoe brand of choice? Uh, you see, I'm not fussy. I like Metcons and Nanos.
0: What are you wearing at the moment? I have... Or both. A
2: rotation of five.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Um,
2: two Metcons, <laughs> three Nanos. Okay, so <laughs> So Nano five. wins. Not, only on the basis <laughs> that I haven't seen another pair of Metcons that I want yet.
1: Speak to uh, James and Stephen. I've had a couple of uh, espresso, espresso martinis. Espresso martinis, yeah. Um, kit bag item you couldn't live without?
2: Grips. I rip like mm-hmm. a two-year-old child. You know, I'm in bad
1: company. <laughs>
2: um... Holiday destination of choice? Ooh, I don't actually care as long as it's not raining and it's warm. Fair.
1: It's Wales, (laughs) out. Yep, and England.
2: Um, Your favourite food
1: hack? I don't have one. I just eat. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Um, Okay, so the last question I was asked on a recent podcast. Um, and have since asked several other people, and it's up for hot debate, if you could only travel around and have one of these animals as your only mode of transport, (laughs) would you choose donkey or giraffe? And why? (laughs) It's got to be giraffe.
2: (laughs) Why? How cool. (laughs) And that sort of slopey back, you could sort of lean on them and, like, go to sleep if you wanted to, and, like, the neck has always got loads of room, and you could store stuff around the neck. See, giraffe. You went with
0: donkey, didn't you? Yeah, donkey's just
2: Traditional, James, that's what it is. There's nothing wrong with donkey, (laughs) it's just traditional. It's
0: just the logistics of having a giraffe to go everywhere.
2: Because donkeys are just way easier to travel, I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like imagine if you wanted to go to shopping and you have to take a giraffe into Cabot Circus.
2: Well, you could go straight to the second floor. You wouldn't need the ele- escalator or the elevator.
0: <laughs> True, but if you did need the elevator, imagine having to navigate out with a giraffe versus just a little sturdy steer.
2: What about <laughs> if you're in Sports Direct and the top you want to try on is at, on the... <laughs> ceiling, where they've got those racks that are like 15 foot high, your giraffe would just be able to pop that down to you. I think giraffe wins.
3: I don't think you'd be able to. I'm going to put this question sports, out right? to
1: our listeners, and I want you guys to comment and let us know. We're going to run a poll. Giraffe or donkey as a mode of transport?
0: I think you are I don't know, I feel like giraffe's just going to get like the... the yeah.
2: They always have that cool rock encounter. That's true. Yeah,
0: they're quite fast as well. Mm -hmm. Did you ever see the video online of the American sprinter racing a giraffe?
2: No.
0: It was like a weird thing on probably Channel 5 where they had an American sprinter racing different animals. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah, Is there a time limit on this? (laughs) 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 That is
1: the question that keeps on giving.
0: So competing. Emma, why have we asked you to join us today? If you want to just give the listeners just a little two-minute overview of Who you are, what you've done over the years and kind of what's brought you to this point in your life?
2: Gosh, (laughs) okay.
0: Um,
2: uh, Okay, I'm 44 now. I've been doing CrossFit slash functional fitness for about the last eight years. How did I get here? So I was active when I was younger. I was a police officer for 13 years, a mounted police officer for a while, even funnier, armed response officer. Awesome. <laughs> they gave me a gun. Okay, um, hey, badass. <laughs> I also broke my back, which uh, not a lot of people did know. You? I did, yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Um,
2: yeah, I did. I fractured my T12. Um,
0: so I asked how? Uh,
2: I fell off a horse. Okay. Cool, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but one thing is good is a uh, broken back doesn't mean to say you can't learn how to lift. <laughs> <laughs> that was all pre-fitness. Yeah, Um in the police, I was probably pretty unfit, actually. I liked a lot of um, – I drank a lot and smoked a lot. Nice. Awesome, yeah. um <laughs> found, love with Ellie. <laughs> found fitness uh, when I was 25-ish, started jogging, and, and it went on from there. Um, lived in New Zealand for a few years. That's where I was introduced to CrossFit. Um, went for a taste refre- uh, taster session with a friend and uh, – Yeah, she never went back, and that was me hooked. Mm -hmm. Also, learned how to pace really early on as well. I thought I was fit before I started uh, CrossFit. No, there's uh, plenty more in the tank to learn. (laughs) Um, Came back from New Zealand, and actually, that's what we ended up in Bristol. Um, And I met Ellie and Amy in one of the local functional fitness (laughs) facilities. Um, Became a coach probably not that long after, so I've been coaching now about seven years um and I have competed from the get-go so I think the first I think it was six weeks into CrossFit I had my first competition was encouraged by the box that I was in in New Zealand to just get involved and just do what I could it was a lifting competition I ended up on my back on the lifting platform doing a some kind of attempt at a clean and jerk that didn't end well <laughs> I didn't hurt myself other than my pride <laughs> Uh, but the competing bug bit me there and then and uh, I've got involved in competitions ever since.
0: Cool. All right, thanks Em. So I guess we'll start with why why we're even talking about competing and why people why people compete, why people consider competing. So um in, in your perspective, both from your own perspective kind of personal history and from you know you've probably spent a lot of time around other athletes that also compete what drives the decision to to compete for most people for you well
2: I mean I can say for me I know there's loads of different reasons and different motivations it's it's like asking I guess what's your why about training so um, for me competing is probably as mental as it is physical Um, I love you know, we train hard and we try hard, and we're particularly with CrossFit, we're learning new skills. I think it's great to just sometimes go and compete and put it all out there and see what you've got, how far you've come, um, and and just yeah, I think competition brings out the best in a lot of people. As in, you do things that you didn't think were possible beforehand, um, and that's certainly been the case for me. And not only that, I think from a mental perspective, I find competing quite scary. It is a vulnerable place to be, particularly if you're competing individually. You're out there on on the dance floor with, you know, it's you. And if you can do it, great. If you can't, ooh, <laughs> well, let's hope we can. Um, and I think that's quite a vulnerable place to be from a mental perspective. I think surviving those moments or doing better than I thought I could, or just and getting getting through it, I come out of the end of those thinking. You know, fair play. You just stood up, and you've been counted. And it doesn't matter where I'm counted. I just was happy to just see what I got in that moment in the ward. Yeah. And it's not always. Sometimes where what I think I can do, or it's not as good as I wanted. But I'm I'm happy that I've gone out and there and done it. Well, I'll put it this way: I never go into a competition board. And I think I'm just going to give this one fifty percent.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: I've always given it everything I've got there and then. So. Yeah. I come out there I think you you know be proud of that and um, nice. there's only there's like three podium positions in a competition that's if you know three teams or three individuals like none of us are going to get there that often it's great if you win but we're not in it it's not what i expect yeah when i get into a competition
0: yeah it's an interesting point as well about you know them being scary and you, you've only got to set up a, a video to record a workout that you're going to submit in an online competition from the comfort of your own gym and your levels of anxiety shoot up like, it's the same gym it's the same bar you've been using for six months it's you know the only people watching you are the people that you train with but yet the moment you hit record on that video you, you feel anxious you feel like you, you know your heart rate's elevated you feel the pressure but yeah i think you know you the the greatest adaptations come when you're operating outside of your comfort zone don't they and I, th- I think the moment you put yourselves in that type of situation i think the the more you'll grow from it probably without realizing
1: on on that how how would you um as a someone more seasoned competitor than certainly myself and probably james how how do you harness that adrenaline or that fear um, you know, the elevated heart rate, the the unexpected nerves, how do you then put that to good use rather than let it get the better of you in a workout?
2: That's a, that's a really good question, actually. For me, as soon as that clock starts, I'm in the zone. It's like everything else is just blocked out. And I've planned in my head how I'm going to do that this workout. Um, I've picked out the movements that I think are going to be the challenge for me. And all the time I'm thinking, manage my heart rate, breathe, uh, just chip through it and, and also just not panicking. I don't think too far ahead. I just kind of think you just got to do this and then then it's that and then you're nearly done. And it's all about managing sort of my effort and making sure that I don't want too much left in the tank at the end, but nor do I want to burn out too quick. So I'm always just thinking about the what itself. I'm, I don't even know what's going on around me most of the time. Like, I don't know. I don't hear music. I don't see people so i think for me it's just um focus on what you've got to do think about how you're going to do it and put all your energy into doing that on the plus side some of the adrenaline does leave your body before the WAD starts <laughs> and that is one of the benefits of competing is you get a damn good clear out
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true um, so you touched on focusing on kind of the workout and what you're doing how how planned do you go into workouts so if you know you know you're about to go into a, a particular workout that has a particular set of movements a particular rep scheme what level of planning do you go into that workout with
2: usually i'll have some idea of how i'm going to break it up but, for a start yeah but i uh probably am an over pacer okay. so i will over pace things and then i would rather start like a tortoise and finish like a hare nice. than the other way around um so I'm always thinking, right, I'm going to think I'm going to do these in sets of threes or five. I'm going to try and my heart rate's going to spike when I get to the burpees over the bar. So I'm going to try and keep my heart rate down and just move steady on those. I'm going to push it when I get to the double unders and go unbroken. Those are the sort of things that I'll be planning. Having said that, it doesn't always go to plan. And there have been competitions where there's been moves where I haven't even done them before. <laughs> in those, you think, hmm, let's just see how that goes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Talking of um, not going to plan, um, obviously I'm, 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 I'm fairly uh, okay with this story, but do you want to just um, entertain people with your funniest, let's call it fail, competition fail, um, to demonstrate how things don't go to plan and how you've dealt with it in the moment? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> There's one in particular that those that know you well will be thinking of. You're
2: thinking about the don't play with pre wad kids, correct? Okay, I would just take this as a caution, actually. It's a good point for do's and don'ts of competition. Don't try anything new nutritionally on competition day. So, though I had a, a rather as a, as a two or three day competition was going on, I was beginning to flag and got handed a pre wad. I don't really do pre wads very often, but thought, good idea, I'm quite tired, let's give this a go. It was a team competition. Uh, I took the pre-ward, went into the competition, and was mid box jump, and I thought, wow, I'm sweating heavily today. <laughs> Can't believe I'm sharing this on air. I'm sweating heavily today. I looked down, and thought, mm, that's not sweat. Just keep going. Yes, the pre-ward had some kind of effect on my bladder, which meant that I didn't have any control over it. And... I think it was caught on film as well, which was excellent. So, do you know what I did? I just carried on. I carried on box jumping and dribbling. I got the job done. And in that same ward, one of the movements for the team was a burpee over the bar. I think this was just after that. I started the burpee over the bar. I had to be one of my team members had to stop me and grab me and say, "We're done. We've moved on to the next exercise now, Emma." And I had to be guided over like someone from another planet.
0: Amazing. I knew that story was coming and it was still as funny as it was as you told me earlier on. Yeah.
1: It doesn't get less funny. Can and it's I just say, old.
2: I do not take pre-WODs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cautionary advice. Do not take anything you're not nutritionally okay with on competition day.
1: Good advice.
0: <laughs> on, uh, I guess from that, you, you mentioned something that might actually be quite an interesting question to pose. How does your mindset and your approach to things differ when you're competing as a team versus competing in an individual competition?
2: It's funny, actually. Competing as a team is both less pressure and more pressure.
0: Yeah,
3: okay.
2: You are, as part of a team, you're stood there. You've got your pals next to you, so you've got that security blanket of of uh, of not being on your own, and that hopefully, if some if you can't do it, somebody else will be able to to do it if if that if the workout <laughs> allows it. Yeah um but at the same time there's like that pressure to not wanting to let anybody down um but if you're in a team that makes you feel bad like I say no one goes in and says sorry guys I only wanted to give this one 40 (laughs) percent if you're in a team that thinks that then I'd pick some new teammates every you're all you're all there to do your best and um and everybody knows that so um I would say I do feel a little bit more pressure but it should be a conversation that you guys have as a team before you go in, like everyone's going to try their hardest. And one thing that is not helpful mid competition is one of your teammates going, Oh God, like, why have you done that? Oh, because I wanted to let you all down, obviously. <laughs> you know. That's, whereas an individual, it's just down to you. You've got no one else to upset, but it's a scary place to be. If you think, Oh God, I can't do this thing. I can't do this move. What am I going to do? I'm going to sort of hang around for like 10 minutes. I get capped down. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it's also good from a strategy perspective of being really honest. It's, you can kid yourself about how good you are or how bad you are at a move, but actually for a team to be successful, you all need to be really honest about what what your strengths and weaknesses are. There's, like, no point saying, oh, like, Ellie's going to take all the heavy deadlift and, and Emma's going to take all the handstand push-ups. There's, you, as a team, you just need to be really honest about – where you think your strengths lie and, yeah. and then divide that work in the best way for the team to, to really do well, but it does take a bit of a level of sort of personal insight and and compromise I guess amongst the team yeah
0: definitely. okay, so we're slightly more practical note where do you where do you hear about your competitions how do you find them? how do you pick them what's your filters
2: uh, probably mostly now as uh, on insta um friends talking, well-established competitions, nice. uh, particularly like uh, your Strength in Depths and, debts and yeah. uh, some of the bigger competitions out there now. Um, I think there's a, a few advertisers that I've seen recently that have caught my eye, probably enough. Nice. So um, I don't think that has changed. I think Instagram is sort of, and Facebook has been where I've heard about most of them. Yeah, nice. KM, so you you found your
1: competition, you've been to your competition, individual, team, um, you've had a great time, competition ends, what do you do next?
2: So I probably firstly congratulate myself that I've actually done it, because nice. it is quite scary, so I have uh, take take pride in the fact that I put myself out there and given it what I got, no matter where I've uh, come, I eat a lot, generally, after a competition. Yeah. Um, and try and do my best to recover. Uh, and it's awesome because you'll have come away, with that, uh, come away from that competition thinking, oh, this went really well, and, uh, oh, these things did not go that well. So you've got then a goal and a target and things to work on to take away, and I think, great, I've got some direction for my training now. Where do I want to take this? How am I going to sort of um, improve on my weaknesses and sort of come back even stronger?
0: You touched... A little bit on eating lots when you're finished, that probably opens up the door to quite a significant topic in terms of competition nutrition. So, lead up to competition, during competition, post competition, obviously, there's a lot to get right in terms of your food. You want to be ready for the day, you want to keep yourself running, and you want to recover properly. Let's start with. I guess just generally the build up towards the competition be that you know the week before the couple of weeks before the day before and maybe even a little bit broader than just nutrition if we think hydration we think sleep we think mindset you know what what does the what does the build up to a competition look like as, as far as you're concerned
2: So at least a week before in terms of I'm thinking about food Nice. I often think about food yeah. <laughs> but in between the competition years, years before thinking about food. <laughs> um my diet is stays pretty balanced, I'm heavy on the carbs, I am feeling well-fueled, my training that week as I'm tapering towards the competition is not so intense, so I'm just making sure I'm fully stored, and my muscles are fully ready for exercise. Um, one thing I did learn quite early on is um, hydration happens, needs to start happening a few days before the competition. Start making sure you're fully hydrated, drinking plenty for the few days before. Don't just think if you get up and drink three pints in the morning that that'll do the job. Because It turns out all you do is spend the next three hours going to the loo and you're not that well hydrated. That was something I learned early on. Um, During, and I've said this before, um, well, I've mentioned the pre wad (laughs) <laughs> don't have anything that you don't normally have so don't think it's a good idea to try something new on competition day or a couple of days before stick with food you know sits well with you so for me i tend to eat the same things so it's usually white rice sweet or sweet potato and some form of um chicken is my sort of competition food uh, my snack will think be things like rice cakes and banana um i will have protein shakes And I like to um, drink uh, diluted apple juice um, as a sugary hit throughout the day. Um, Afterwards, um, pretty much the same, actually. Good dose of protein, good dose of carbs, generally half a bottle of red wine (laughs) um, and a good night's sleep.
0: Nice. Oh, How about you? So in the competitions that you've done over the last couple of years or so anything (laughs) kind of sleep nutrition recovery etc that's kind of stood out or any 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 specific advice in particular that you've got
1: um yeah I mean I think sleep's a big one for me um that that has a massive impact on my brain function as well as my body um I think I've learned the hard way of trying to go to bed too late and kind of just ride on the adrenaline, which always means you end up crashing um, by the end of the day. I think one of the biggest things for me on competition day in terms of eating is I actually don't really change very much to all other than I actually probably eat less whilst I'm actually competing. I'm not somebody that can eat Um, a ton of porridge in the morning and then go and do a workout fairly early. So I will fuel up the night before and it might even be lunchtime before I've actually had anything really solid and I need a couple of hours before I then go out and do any other form of workout. So I tend to have stuff which is fairly nutrient dense, I guess, fairly high in calories if I am going to eat, and then I will eat well in the evening. So I'd probably run on fairly little fuel in the day, eat lots before and then lots after. Um, And yeah, again, just the the, I guess the hydration thing. Um rehydrating overnight and then being feeling fresh has is is something that I think if you don't hydrate, you're going to feel it, whether that's to compete the next day or actually start that recovery process. Um, You're not going to be able to recover properly if you're not hydrated or fueled.
0: Nice. Yeah, there's a couple of things that stood out for me, I think, in in amongst that. So, um, you talked about lowering the intensity of your training in the lead up to a competition. I think regardless of the level of competitor that you are, whether it's your first ever competition or you've competed every week for the last four years, you're not going to make any significant gains between Monday and Thursday of your competition week, if you're competing on the Friday. I think being kind to your body, not being afraid to just drop off the intensity a little bit and let your body, you know, maybe move once or twice throughout that week so that your body isn't completely kind of static. But yeah, not being afraid to kind of back right off the intensity and and let your body just enjoy a few days of, of rest before it goes hard. The other thing we've kind of touched on a couple of times we're talking about nutrition and not suddenly eating differently or not suddenly doing anything too differently. I've fallen victim to this a couple of times. I think you know your body better than anybody else. And, and even though there's things that you think you should be doing. So for me, a, a big one is uh, eating early in the day. It's, it's something that over the last couple of years, I've kind of come to terms with a little bit. I often actually don't eat a lot until like mid to late morning and I know the importance of a massive breakfast I quite often train at 6am I quite often train on a black coffee and nothing else And, and I know really I should be kind of loading up with carbs I should be kind of getting ready for the workout I'm about to go into but I just seem to function better if I leave eating until kind of mid to late morning and my first couple of competitions everyone was loading up on overnight oats and in between all their workouts, we eating loads of things that I wasn't doing. So I was I kind of thought, okay, perhaps that's what I should do. And and I did that, very quickly put my body into a state of operation that it definitely wasn't used to. So I think just just not overcomplicating things, not worrying about things too much, not overthinking things, and just being confident that you know how you feel and you know how you work best and, and not stressing too much about that. On I guess on that, have you got any any hacks for energy levels during the day? So, one thing that I, and it might just be, I'm sure it's probably as much in my head as it is anywhere else, but I always bring a pack of jelly babies to competitions now. And I just have a handful of jelly babies about 30, 40 minutes before each workout. Um, anything that you, is, is your kind of go to? Every competition is regular for you.
2: And mine is diluted apple juice.
0: Okay.
3: That's cool.
2: my. That's yeah. the thing I like to sort of sit throughout the day, good. yeah. I would definitely say sort of trying to keep steady energy levels is good because yeah. with the short, intense wads that we tend to do, there is that your adrenaline is super high, cortisol levels, stress levels super high, and then the what you work out is you give it everything, even if it's only for a few minutes, then there's that, there is definitely a slump. But by the end of the day, even though I've probably done sometimes, 20 minutes of exercise. If you totaled it up, I feel like I've done a huge session. Yeah. So, that trying to avoid that peaking and crashing is is pretty good. Um, is a pretty good pl- thing to do, and that's another thing about pre water actually, just to or coffee or stimulants. I was going to talk about coffee, yeah, just um, being aware. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're, I think being a caffeine
1: fiend and this sport tend to go hand in hand. Um, I think caffeine can be used in a really positive way, but again, you need to be really mindful that you don't have a coffee before you work out, and then you're feeling a bit tired about half an hour after workout. So you have another coffee, and then you think, "Oh, I'm a bit bored, so I'll have another coffee." Because by the end of the day, you'll have fifteen coffees, and coming back to this whole thing about trying to get a good night's sleep is not going to happen. But also, you start to lose the impact of the caffeine, so. I mean, I I love coffee and I would drink it all day, but I think particularly on a competition day, I'm more aware of when I drink coffee so that I'm using it to fuel my workouts rather than using it after a workout to kind of pick me back up again, because I almost allow myself to go through that period of feeling a little bit tired, needing to sit down for half an hour and chill out, and then using a coffee to pick me up for my next workout rather than just drinking it throughout the day. Yeah, that
0: that almost goes the other way as well. I think if you've got a really high tolerance to caffeine and your baseline is quite high because of... You know, you work in an office job and you drink six or seven cups of coffee a day, knowing that you're probably not going to get the same effect of the caffeine as somebody that's you know got a much lower baseline and probably not using it in the same way, not using it as purposefully. Um, I probably I try and kind of bring myself off caffeine once in a while, but knowing that generally I'll have a coffee in the morning because it's what I do. I won't necessarily use coffee as like a secret weapon on a competition day, because I think I've got quite a high tolerance to the caffeine. And, you know, I I probably would risk just crashing harder from trying to overdose on caffeine than using it strategically. During then on competition day, one thing we maybe haven't touched on again, that some people might not do as a normal thing, warm ups and cool downs, you're in and out of three or four workouts a day, obviously, some people will do one workout a day or one workout every other day. And that'll be then they'll warm up for it. They'll maybe cycle home, which will be their cool down and that'll be it. How do you navigate being ready for another workout an hour and a half later and then being ready for a third workout an hour and a half later again? What's that look like?
2: Um, Probably quite an individual thing, depending on you. I am elderly and (laughs) require quite a lengthy warm up now. So one thing at one, um, and it probably works for all, the shorter the ward for me the longer the warm-up that's um and that probably just goes um across the board now i will mobilize try not to stiffen up so walking around there is a tendency at competitions to go super hard and then slump into a corner and just uh cuddle up like looking at stuff after you've done your shopping obviously yeah. um <laughs> and admire your new nobles yes yeah. Yeah <laughs> and other fitness related things <laughs> you didn't need. Yeah. Um
0: massage guns, backpacks, weighted vests, Normatec,
2: bubble hats. <laughs> <laughs> um so I would try and just keep moving. Don't don't just uh, slump and don't move. Just keep uh, pottering around, keep noodling. Yeah. And um, for me it's uh I probably do spend a little bit of time on mobility just getting everything moving again, range of motion, knees, hips. All things that elderly people need to get going again. That's me. All
0: right. Elle?
2: Um.
0: How's it work for you? I mean, I know you're elderly as well, is so. it? behave.
2: Um,
1: so yeah, I mean I, I'm probably similar to um, I think the tendency, um, rather than repeating what Em's just said, I, uh, yes, the lot the shorter the workout, the longer the warm-up. Um there is some scientific background to that as well. Um I think the tendency at competitions is to, once you've done your first work, I think I don't really need to warm up properly or I don't need to spend too much time and people kind of tend to cut it short. Um, I think warming up properly has a, a doubly positive effect. One is that you don't sit down and stiffen up. Um, and secondly, I think you just kind of keep your brain in the game a little bit. I think if you spend a lot of time pre and post-workout, um, warming up and cooling down it helps you kind of stay fairly focused on on what you're there to do for the day rather than kind of oh great i finished the workout put on my joggers go and do some shopping go and have a coffee and then sit around for three hours cool
0: and i, I think most competitions will be set up to support you as best they can with that as well you know if there's a, a barbell in the workout there should be barbells to warm up with or pvc pipes um if it's you know highly aerobic then you know just sitting on a rower or a bike or just getting your lungs working getting yourself breathing heavy before you go into it you know air, if there's, if, if there's a theme to the workout, generally, the, the equipment will be provided for there to be a theme to the warm-up.
2: Just on that note, um, warm-ups can be quite a stressful time at competitions. There is usually a bun fight for kit. Yeah. Um, what I would say is don't stress about it. There's a lot you can do with body weight to get yourself prepped and warm. Um, and if there is a bun fight for kit, do your best to, to try and get in some the movement if it's things a bit more technical or heavy like snatches or other lifts do what you can with what there is but don't stress about it yeah you'd be amazed there is opportunity within on the competition floor sometimes to just get a couple of warm-up lifts in so it's not always ideal but don't stress about it do what you can with body weight and with what's available and um, everybody else is in the same boat
0: yeah i I think the amount you can get out of your body weight and a you band. know a band is mostly your olympic lift mostly your, you know joints are, a, a good mobility flow and a little bit of heavy breathing actually you're, you're probably in a pretty good place if i think about what i do is there's not a huge amount of complexity to it i don't need a lot of equipment so.
2: no and people stressed about things where it's you know you've got six minutes to to give a max snatch for example hmm. actually six minutes is a long time yeah and you can factor that in with your planning of what lifts you're going to make
3: yeah
2: um, and if it means that you do a warm-up lift just to sort of get you to where you want to be, it's sort of in between what you've been able to warm up with and then your competition weights, then so be it. There's usually time to make that happen.
0: Nice. Awesome. Okay, well that was super cool. Thanks for sharing them. I think to round that off then three don'ts and three do's what would your for 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 anybody that is considering competing, new or experienced?
2: All right, my don't Mm-hmm. would be don't eat or drink anything that you haven't already tried before, particularly uh, pre wards
1: <laughs> Okay, so my don't is um, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't go your way. Um, not every workout in a competition is going to pan out the way you want it to or you thought it would. Um, so don't beat yourself up. Accept that you did your best. Draw a line under it, learn from it, and use it to fuel your future training. Nice. My don't is kind of somewhat on from that, don't compare yourself
0: to others. And I mean that in two different views, I guess. So the first is, in a literal sense, you know, what other people are doing around you, what you see other teams doing, what you see other people doing. Don't feel like it's something that you should be doing. Don't literally compare yourself to other people. Um, But also, I think in terms of the outcome, you know, your win is completely relative, there might be something that you've never done before that you managed to do in competition, or you might do something quicker than you've ever done it before or lift a weight that's heavier than you've ever lifted before, you know, just because it's, you know, your clean was 20 kilos less than the person in the lane next to you. Be super proud that that is your win. You know, everything is is relative. um, And, you know, comparison is the thief of all joy. So just Go in, know what you want to achieve and enjoy the fact that you've kind of put yourself out there. Do's, who wants to go first?
2: Go on, I'll go first. Go
0: yeah.
2: On. Do remember to have a good time. We are often paying for the privilege to compete. <laughs> like, let go and have a good time and remember that you're doing it for fun and you don't have to do this. Um, you'll be buzzing when it's done, no matter what the outcome. You've just gone out there and hung it all out there and, yeah, you'll be buzzing. So. Remember nice. to put a big smile on your face and give it your best shot.
0: Wicked. Yeah, love that. That's a nice do. I, I honestly don't know many people that have thrown themselves into a competition and not enjoyed themselves. Nice. nice. Al?
1: Um, Yeah, so my do is um, do um, use the judges. So, yes, they are there to uphold certain movement standards, but they're also there to guide you through the workout. They're there to help you, to support you. Um, so see them as a friend, talk to them before your workout starts, make sure that you understand how you're going to communicate with each other and look to your judge if you need help, because that's what they are there for as well as uphold your movement standards. Cool.
0: Uh, my do is going to be do a competition. Um, I think having, actually having the confidence to, to just decide to throw yourself into the mix and see what you're able to achieve. I, I think there's it's almost kind of like that that idea that people feel like they need to be fit enough to join a gym. You know, th- there's no ex- there's no expected standard. I think a competition is is relevant for different reasons for literally anybody. Whether you've you know been two to three weeks in a gym. You know Emma's example earlier on. She her first competition was after six weeks. I think using it as a measuring stick of kind of where you are or just throwing yourself into an environment that's different to any environment that you've ever been in take that right to the other end of the spectrum and if you are a competitive athlete or you're, you work out regularly using it as a way to periodically measure where you're at what your strengths are what your weaknesses are to give you to give you things to train for to give you things to look forward to to give you a bit of purpose i think wherever you are on your fitness journey doing a competition for me is a, is a hugely positive thing on that note, Ellie, are there any competitions that you would suggest people look
1: to do? There are two off the top of my head. Well, oh, one yeah. one is, one I'm going to hand over to you to talk about. One um, that is going on this Sunday, um, so if you're taking part, hi, we're looking forward to seeing you at the weekend, um, is Scale It Up. So Scale It Up started... Um, when the gym pretty much opened really. Um, It's a bit of a play on words in that we often talk about scaling workouts. The point of scale it up as a competition is a kind of entry level competition for people who want to get into competing or who feel like most competitions are a little bit out of their reach. Um, The point of scale it up is that the workouts are set, but unlike your um, workouts in your class environment where you would scale down, with scale up, you can, you can take the risk of scaling up for extra bonus points or time deducted, but you might not get that time deducted or you might not get those points if if scaling up turns out not to be the best option for you. So it's a bit of a play on words. Um, the competitions themselves are at the lower end of the skills that are required to take part in competitions. doesn't mean they're easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you're going to have to put it all out there. Um, work as a team, communicate um work hard um but yeah they're definitely something that i think we've run for the last five years we get a massive amount out of running it um we've had some amazing feedback from people that have done it in the past um
0: talk talk logistics what's the day look like what do i need to know
1: So um, (laughs) there's a lot people need to know if they're doing this Sunday. Um, Obviously, we have done everything we can to make sure it is COVID secure. So I suppose that the kind of the additional things that you're going to have to bear in mind are you're going to have to try and stay warm, um, having uh, limited access to the facility itself. You're going to have to bring a mask with you. Um, You need to sign the waiver on Competition Corner when it is emailed out to you. and we just need people to, yeah, so actually there's a, the athlete brief is taking part, um, It's sorry, is taking place via Zoom on the Friday evening um, with any questions that are, that are not asked at the time need to be submitted on the Saturday. So the format's a bit different. Athlete brief on the Friday, um, you're either in a morning or an evening, sorry, morning or afternoon heat um, with the three work, it's, workouts taking place over about two hours, maybe two and a half hours, um, to ensure that people don't cool down too much and to limit the number of people that we have um, at the facility at any one time. Um, we have done our best to make sure it's still a fun environment. We've got a DJ up on the Mez. Um, there will still be judges. The, the workouts will still be fun. They're still inclusive. Um, they still require quite a lot of teamwork. Um, and I'm gonna suggest they're probably a little bit uh, more challenging than they have been in the past, just because we've had to be a little bit inventive with how we do things, the kit that we've got available um, and the space that we can utilize.
0: Nice. And I'm right in saying the teams have already had to submit one workout, right?
1: They have. Yes. It was. uh, Yeah, I've had I've had some interesting feedback on that workout so far.
0: Nice. Cool. Sounds great. Um, On Ellie's do in in terms of using the judges, you know, this is a great example of that. All our all our judges to scale it up are members of our coaching team. Super, super nice people they are only there to help you so if there was ever a competition to you know positively lean on your judges and, and make a few new friends arguably this is this is it um, so good luck we will see you all on Sunday to scale it up
1: well and speaking of other competitions that may be of interest to our listeners James
0: So the other competition that has been announced this week is a competition called the Riot, which you can find if you head to Competition Corner, search for an online pairs workout, Uh, VFC Presents The Riot 2020. Slightly different in format, so this is online. It's for teams of two, uh, both elite and scaled. We've got male-male, female-female, and male-female pairs. So there's pretty much something for everyone. Uh, We're not differentiating by age category. It is open to all, um, but it is one kind of category for, for each pairing we have already probably well into the programming again the programming is going to support teams being able to do the workouts in a covid safe way so the equipment can be shared if teams are from the same household or they're kind of bubbled up in some way but the programming supports this being done safely we wanted it to be challenging and and kind of elite Level programming in an online competition, which there with with kind of everything COVID and everything kind of being at home, there was a little bit of a, a space for for athletes that really relish competing to be able to kind of you know let go a little bit and flex and, and show what they do. So the programming is designed to push athletes that are in it for you know a real test, but the the scaled versions of the workouts are also super fun really accessible but will be kind of challenging for different reasons so really looking forward to it. The registration is live literally as of 9am this morning. Um, on Instagram we are VFC Presents which has a whole load of detail about the the sign-up process. It's got a link to the Competition Corner event page. You can obviously find this by searching. If you've got any particular questions as as loads of people are doing already which is super cool just Find us on Instagram and just drop us a message. It's been you know, pretty much monitored all day round, which is, is useful. Um, teams will submit their workouts via video. So it is video assessed that, you know, there will be prize money and prize pots of equipment for um, event wins and stuff like that as well. So it should be a, it should be a really fun competition. Uh, a fair bit of planning has gone into it, so I'm quite, yeah, quite excited about that. Getting itself off the ground and getting going. It's going to start end of November. So there's about four or five weeks worth of of registration, uh, and then we'll get going end of November, twenty seventh of November. It'll last for about three weeks, um, and you'll do four workouts over three weeks. Uh, yeah, that's probably thorough enough.
3: Pretty good summary.
0: Nice. Okay. Nice. On that note, I think we're going to leave it there. I think this has been a pretty pretty chunky podcast. Emma, thank you so much for your insight. It's You're been welcome. Super useful. Um, definitely a lot more useful than me and Ellie would have been. We have passed a 1,000 listens as well, team, which is super exciting. Uh, It happened midweek this week. I can't tell you who the 1,000th listener was, unfortunately, but just assume it's you, and we'll all be happy about that. Um, If this is relevant, we're going to share this out for people that we feel it's relevant with, especially heading in to scale it up and with the riot just around the corner. But if there's anybody that you know that struggles with competition, or you feel this would be super useful for, um, or if you know, as as you guys are doing already, if you enjoy this or take something from this or anything resonates with you, let us know because we always enjoy hearing about it. Like us on all of the relevant platforms, iTunes, etc. Subscribe to us if the platform that you listen to podcasts on allows you to do so and for now what did i say last week have a lovely 24 hours (laughs) for now team have a lovely 24 hours have a lovely evening have a great day you do you bye